you're listening to Fully You Podcast. This podcast is about making you feel good and living a fulfilling, abundant lifestyle. Making a living from living fully you. Good morning, everybody. So I am here live this morning with Karine from South Africa. She is a transformational guide and she has developed her own method of the freedom activation method, which combines a rapid transformational therapy, heart healing, and her own techniques to guide people within and experience deep inner healing. Um, so I connected with Kareen on a mastermind, which I was part of for the last six months. And we had this amazing conversation and we totally clicked because we had a similar view on life and how we position ourselves in life. So living from a place of love and from a heart space and loving nature and family. So I thought it was a great idea to bring her on this podcast today and to hear more about her life purpose, um, motherhood, uh, how motherhood and life purpose um, can coexist. So we'll hear more about that and then also hear more about her legacy uh, that's very interesting and we'll also briefly talk about the importance of healing for motherhood so stay tuned and let's have a big welcome to Karine on this Monday morning <laughs> good morning Karine good morning thank you for having me well, thanks for being here <laughs> making the time well um, I'm very as we, as you said, we connected so well. It's so lovely to see you again and connect again and just have a great chat about life and what's important. Yeah, it's funny. Like the it's it's like the first conversation we had was almost like a it would have been the most amazing podcast ever. I reckon <laughs> it's funny how those <laughs> conversations between therapists end up being quite uh, deeper than any other conversations we usually have. So. Yeah, it's funny. You know, very unfiltered. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So tell us, Kareen, um, what would you say is a life purpose for you? Like, what is, what is it to live a life with purpose? Well, purpose to me is not just about me as a being. It's about the collective um, and how I show up in the collective and how I can help change the collective. But it always starts with yourself. Uh, it always starts with your own healing because you can only show up in the world um, and the vibration that you show up is where you are in your own journey. So life purpose truly is healing to me it's it's all about healing it's it's intertwined um our own healing and i found more of a life pur purpose by also journeying with other people in their own healing and growth and um i really feel that every single person that i have the opportunity to connect with and journey with uh, it's a pebble in the water it's uh, literally that pebble that, that goes out, that little ring. Um, so the people closest to them have the most deep, um, almost uh, connection to them. So it's the deepest um, 
ripple is the people closer to them, but it can be up to 750 people with one person's healing. So I always see it as every person I journey with is a pebble in the water, but it's 750 people in the collective that gets connected and somehow affected by that one person's healing. So yeah, purposeful living to me is changing the world by your own healing. And fortunately, we're on, on a similar um, path with our therapy. Um, I first discovered uh, rapid transformational therapy and that took my healing um, much deeper on the subconscious level. And then with this mastermind, the heart healing, um, just also another um, level of transformation. So now we are equipped in a very unique way to help people in their journey or on their journey of, of healing and growth. So yeah, purpose is um, literally to me healing myself and then anybody else that want to journey with me. Beautiful, I love that. And it, it is true what you're saying, we're so interconnected. Uh, there was a saying once I heard that when a butterfly flutters in the Amazonia or in the jungle on the other side of the world, you can actually feel that that vibration actually travels all the way across. So that impact of just a slight shift within ourselves can have a greater impact on the whole collective because we are all interconnected. So I do find that, um, that beautiful, that, um, that similarity you described with the ripple effect and how we inspire each other to rise. And so when you say we can change the world by changing or healing ourselves. What kind of change do you feel like this world needs to go through? Like, what is it? What's the change? What's the bigger movement that you want to, you're a part of, or your legacy of the change you want to, like, what's, what is it that you want to bring to this world or the impact you want to have when we talk about um, healing and change? Yeah. So, so to me, if I really think about, um, the world of transformation, to me, I would love every single person that's on this planet to know that they're here for a reason and a purpose and that they are not their past. Um, they are here for a reason. And if you heal from your past, you can step into your purpose. And if we all start living with that knowing um, not just in our mind, but in our heart, that we are truly here for a reason. How different would the world be? Um, you wouldn't just um, survive anymore. You would, you would start living because there is purpose to your life. And not everybody feel that they're drawn to what necessarily what we do, but even raising your child to become a balanced and a happy person. That is purposeful. That is um, a purpose. Um, even um, I've got a friend that um, she works in a corporate environment and, and she said to me recently, I feel my life doesn't have purpose. And, and what she does is she's a, a visual merchandiser. So she creates these be beautiful, um, scenes in, in shopping centers. And I said to her, well, your purpose is to 
spread beauty and we all have a purpose. So once we, we start realizing that in everything we can find purpose, but if that purpose is connected to your heart, how much, how much better would the world be if everybody just can allow themselves to connect to their hearts and start living from that, not just because we have to, or our families did this, or this is our past and we only allow ourselves certain things. So the healing part to me is, yeah, is really stepping into that purpose and, and changing the world like that. Yeah, beautiful. I love what you're saying. <laughs> it's true. Like It is true that through the healing, we can actually step into uh, our next level potential. And it's in that higher potential that we can see a new, we can see the world through new eyes and see the role we have to play here and light up that flame in our hearts again to see clearly, but also to do and to recognize what we do, recognize what we have, acknowledge the dreams that we are constantly manifesting and the legacy we are creating, whether we're creating it consciously or unconscious. A lot of people, we all have a legacy, but some people don't, are not even aware of the footprint they're having on this earth. So becoming aware of that impact we have on the world is empowering. It shows us we have free will and we are constantly creating and having an impact on each other on the earth and on the future generations. And I think when we rise up to that truth, for sure, we feel alive. And as we feel alive, the world lives on <laughs> in new ways in the next level of consciousness and presence. And yeah, we, we can be the change. The world needs to go through the cycles of climate change and so forth as well to tap into our creativity and power. So I think you're totally right. The healing is so important. Yeah. And as we heal ourselves, we may actually heal the earth too in the process of caring and opening our hearts. Um, Absolutely. And so you touch base on motherhood and I think you're completely right. I think, uh, especially with the work we do, we do a lot of regressions back into childhood and we look into uh, the, um, the blocks we form between the age of zero and seven, those imprints, those walls we set up to protect ourselves and position ourselves in the world. So how would you say, um, as a therapist, what are some key uh, advices you would give to a mother who's just about to be a mother who would like to be a mother or who is a mother and wants to do the best job at motherhood and empowering her child to rise up to her full potential or his full potential and take this important role in this world of um, yeah doing what they're here to do and feeling confident doing it I think the again starting with healing the most important part is to heal yourself that's the greatest gift you can give your child um to stop any past um hurt and wounds to come into your relationship with your child so i think that the first tip is always the biggest gift you can give your child is is to start your own healing and healing is not a destination so it's an ongoing thing it's um, it's like a spiral. Um, there's always another level um, of that one thing. So it's it's not um, a final destination. So um, doing uh, it's an ongoing thing. But 
that will be my first step is to to start healing your own wounds because it will play out in the way you mother your children and they came here for their own reason and their own purpose but they chose you to be their caretaker in this life so you also need to recognize that and respect them as their person and um I I discipline and love, but I also believe that you need to be the mother that they need. And um, the way they need love differs maybe from the way you need love. And we all have different love languages, and there can be this huge miscommunication of love, um, as, as we know um, through our therapy. So is to find out what your child need to feel love and feel safe. Those two are, are literally their core needs. If we can create um, an environment where children can feel safe and feel loved, um, there's gonna be much less um, problems in the world because those two needs, if they met, um, a child already um, feel that they can be more of themselves if they know they're safe and they know they're loved and yeah let them also allow them to teach you as well they are incredible um i love the way my daughter she's she's turning eight next month so i love the way that she looks at the world um last week we had quite a, a hectic week and i think it's on thursday or fr friday um, evening, um, I went to go and lie with her on the trampoline. And um, she said to me, look up, look at the sky. And the cloud formation was just beautiful. And I just had to remind myself to sometimes just stop and look up and look at the beauty. And uh, that's one thing that, that sometimes overwhelms me with gratitude when we go somewhere and we drive somewhere and she will, she will stop me and say, look at that. Just look how beautiful that is. And just that the way, the way they look at the world is so different from our um, viewpoint because we've got all these lenses through conditioning and modeling and experiences where their lenses are still untainted. So also to start looking at the world through their lenses because it's, it's, yeah, it's just so, so different. Um, and then I think that the last part of motherhood is to help them to start living or keep on living from the heart. Because as a child, it's, it's very easy to live from your heart. You do what is fun. And um, for them, fun is the greatest joy. To have fun and to play is the greatest joy. And we lose that ability as adults, but in the world of um, quantum physics, um, creativity happens when we are playful, when we're in that state of play. And that's where creation happens. So co-creation comes from a playful place. And if we can um, empower our children to live more from your heart in a state of play, um, they will, yeah, go through life in a more, um, in a way of, 
of ease and grace and flow. Um, and I think um, as adults, we always, we try and go back there and it's so difficult because we have all these barriers now, all these blocks, where if you can teach a child to stay in that state, it's gonna be much easier for them later on in life. Brilliant, thank you for sharing those three tips. So what was the first one was uh, becoming aware of the child's love language. So you can resonate with your child and give them the love they sort of need to build up who they are. The second one was um, seeing the world through their lenses. So, and I, and I love that idea of the um, seeing, allowing ourselves to see the world through the lens in that they don't have as much disappointment yet as we have accumulated over the years. So they still have this, um, this awe with the beauty of the world and they have less stress so they're able to actually take it all in. So it's, that's a beautiful one for sure. I love that. And the third one was uh, playing, right? So uh, playing with an open heart. Okay, that's beautiful. Yeah. And so do you have rituals with your daughter where you're like, okay, every so-and-so days we make the time to sit down and talk about uh, ways to connect on a deeper level or we come up, we co-create experiences where we're like, okay, well, how shall we play together or shall we go for a walk? Like, do you have rituals in place to keep that uh, relationship alive? And well, of course it's alive, but I mean, that there's this... this strong bond between you and your child and that you really make time a priority of it to be there for her as a guide and uh, what is your process to making that work okay so um, our relationship changed quite a bit since COVID um, so last year um, we started homeschooling so she has not been back to a formal school since about this time last year, um, we went on to our, our online schooling platform. And every morning that's, so before we came on today, um, we, we did our, our um, homeschooling. So that changed a little bit of our experience um, as I'm not just now her mother, but I'm also, um, I don't call myself a teacher, but I'm a guide or a tutor in, in this. So it took us a while to find our new way, but I, I try to do that in the morning, then it's done. And then the rest of the, the time, she's got time to free play. And um, we've got certain things on certain days. Do at least once a day. And take her on my lap and talk to her and um, tell her what she means to me and tell her um, that she's enough. Uh, and even before I studied with um, Marissa Peer that always talk about um, you're enough, I'm enough, um, I used to say to her, you're not too much, um, you're not too little, you're just enough. So, yeah, also as a single, um, so she's an only child and uh, only children, especially at the age of five and six, start asking, they start asking for, for siblings. And I always said to her, you're not enough. You're not too much. You're not too little. You're just enough. You are just enough for this family. 
it's it fits in perfectly. Um, so I think to to teach them because I read once um, that the voices that they hear in their their head is the voices that you constantly tell them, the, the words that you constantly tell them. So I want to make sure that the words that she hears in her head is empowering and encouraging. Not, um, and I'm not perfect. Um, I, I sometimes say things and then, but what I do is I immediately afterwards apologize if something was not um, empowering. And I explained to her um, why it's okay for adults to, to also to know as a child that an adult can be wrong. And an adult can sometimes say things that's also hurtful. Um, because yeah, as we know that um, children think they are, or the, um, the adult is never wrong, they are wrong. And so to change that thing that they know that adults can also be wrong in their actions, but also in their words and that it's not their fault. Um, it's, yeah, it's important knowing that they need to understand from a young age. And again, you said earlier on how important that first few years of the life of a child is. And, and that first seven years, approximately, we run on theta brainwaves and, and literally our subconscious on full record. So every single thing that happens goes straight into the subconscious. Every um, thing that a child sees, everything that they hear, even if they're asleep, if they hear it, it goes in subconscious. And then if there's an emotional charge or if there's a traumatic event, it causes um, those patterns and blueprints that play out in their life. Um, and it's so important as a parent to be aware of that. So knowing that um, whatever you do and say does have an impact on, on this being. Um, it's not just words. Words are, are spells that we speak. It's so powerful. Wow. Okay, I love that. It's totally true. Like words we speak have so much power. Yeah. And so obviously, I mean, you can only control, well, control you can only have um, an impact on her as far as you are with her and the words you tell her to build up her, her psyche. Now, what happens, you know, when she goes back out into the world and she's surrounded by others who don't necessarily say the same thing, like a school teacher uh, before COVID or even someone else who might be like, you know, you're stupid or something like that. How would you, how do you feel? Uh, would that fit into, like, would she, do you feel like because you boost her so much in self-confidence at home and with you and you are her mother, you are, her, you know, you lead by love. And so she has that, you lead by example. So she has that role model for you and that voice of reason for you that it makes her almost bulletproof to what others might say to her or what the media might tell her. I mean, I think a lot of young people these days um, have a huge anxiety issue with uh, all the social media mm -hmm. and things around where they compare themselves constantly to others. And with all these filters and things on, on Instagram and Facebook and all these things, they think they have to look a certain way to be accepted or 
why has she got bigger eyes but just yeah. because she's got an app to make her eyes bigger but it doesn't mean she's prettier it's just it's just a thing but there's this, these trends and they, it creates a whole lot of anxiety in young people when they're surrounded by these other people that almost don't yeah. have the same parenting and it's like this low form of bullying where you don't feel enough and therefore you crush others uh, because you want to feel stronger it's this weird thing that people play out and we can see it at school we can mm -hmm. see it at work and so how do you feel like the guidance you bring her equips her to face all of that well you hope that they will never face that but the reality is there is this over um stimulation or over um over exposure to over perfection um because of social media um and any child growing up at this time have got so much more to deal with and you can try and protect them as we you do as a parent and you can try and equip them i do think still there is going to be times where it will affect them and you need to create a safe space for them to be able to come to you and talk about it and then help them process it and work through it um, because we cannot lock them up forever um, as a parent you sometimes want to wrap them in bubble wrap and keep them inside forever but the reality is they are here to also um, lead their own lives so yeah i think to me the awareness as a parent needs to be um, about the environment that is safe for them so yeah i'm i'm quite conservative in that way she will not go on sleep outs until she um, is older and that is just something that we've decided on um, myself and, and my husband from an early age it's just i will not um, allow her in an environment where things are not always um, or it can sometimes be unsafe so i would rather empower her to later in her life be able to make choices than to take choices from her when she's still young. Um, but that's my personal stance on it. It might be a completely alien idea for somebody else, but that's just um, the way we try and create safe environments for her to flourish in, for her to ground in. And I keep on saying to people, you know, because so many people are, are worried at this point in time about education in the world, the whole world, because um, nothing is what it was. But we can always catch up on that. The emotional impact is so much more important because that you can't measure immediately, but the impact of it for a life um, is so much more important right now. So emotionally i want her to always know that she's safe and that she's loved and that she's supported and creating an environment for her to feel that and when she goes out of our home environment that she goes into other environments that 
we know where she's going. She's she's only um, almost eight years old. When she's older, that parameter will move with her ability to process things. Um, but to me, it's age appropriate to create safe environments. Again, the pebble in the water, the older they get, the bigger the parameter gets. Um, but for now, this is where we are and this is um, how, you know, how we, we deal with it. But it's not a, it's not a science in this, the fact every child is so different. Yeah. They don't come with a manual um, and nothing is cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, so every child, every parent really need to, to connect with their child and see what, what they need. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's totally true. And so how would you say you create a safe space for her at home? Like, is it that you, you're always there for her? She needs a listening ear, you show understanding? Because especially now that you're her teacher as well, well, you're sort of her tutor. How do you juggle between being the mother, being the carer, being her friend, being the tutor, and that she still feels safe to come to you? And, um, you know, for example, if, if she was upset with you about a maths homework, who is she going to go to now? Where does she feel safe to speak to? Do you have like this role play? Okay, now I'm your mommy. You can tell me everything. And now I'm your teacher. You know, you got to listen to me and sit down and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> how do you juggle those hats? And how do you maintain that safe space? Because even in relationships between, I mean, I remember growing up with, you know, sometimes parents do argue. And so the child doesn't feel safe in environments where the parents argue. How do you manage to allow the child to feel safe at home in, in especially these times of lockdown where we're all stuck together and manage your relationship, manage being a tutor, manage your business, manage your child's needs, manage your own needs and wear all these hats and have all these different level of purpose in your family and keeping that safe space and yeah, doing all of it together. Um, I wish it was all um, a switch on switch off situation where you can say now I'm your mother now I'm your tutor but um, it's so intertwined so if it comes up where there is an emotional moment while she's busy with her work then I try sometimes I don't I'm not perfect sometimes I, I I don't do the right thing at first but then we break it down and we unpack it and I will say to her, well, I'm, I see she's upset, so tell me why you're upset, and then I'll tell her why this is not acceptable. Or So com- communication is probably one of the strongest things that you need to have in place with your child. And again, I'm not the poster mum. I am not perfect, but I try to constantly get better at what I'm doing. I try and constantly um, realize that everything I do has got an impact on her. Um, And yeah, it's it's not that you live in this block and and, so it is difficult. Um, The first thing is is also um, when we got married and said, if we have children, we will not um, have fights in front of our children. So um, that was a, a decision that was made. And I think in the 
in the so do you have like a parents yeah. naughty corner where like okay if we have to talk things out we'll go to this room and <laughs> we can like work it out yeah. together we basically um we'll just basically put each other in a space where we say okay we'll talk about this later and um what i found really good for me is is to literally write letters so to um if i'm upset is to write it out in a letter um and yeah um so so we sometimes write letters to each other to really get our emotions out and say what we want to say um before you talk about it um and that's also it's a it's a great technique that um, we use in therapy so um also in yeah in our relationships and um it's not always it's not always um easy but if the end goal is important everybody will work towards it um and the end goal is to have a happy balanced family life then everybody will yeah work towards it but again it's not it's not perfect science i wish it was i wish um you can decide um every uh monday that the rest of the week is just going to be wonderful but you can decide how you you show up for it um I and it, yeah. i believe that yeah and and yeah that how you are going to react to it um again not always perfect but um if your intention is uh is good it will eventually flow through but it's also it's a skill it's literally to me parenting is a skill the more you do it the more um yeah you get better at it it's not we don't arrive here and um, when a baby is put in your arms you know exactly what to do it is a skill that you develop so the more you practice it and and the more you do it with the intention from the heart um yeah the the better you will become at it amazing I have lots of more questions for you around motherhood because I'm so interested in your ways of seeing things. Um, so I have maybe one more question and then I'll move on to something else. I was just wondering, um, how do you stay happy with that responsibility? Because I, I know a lot of mothers come to me and they struggle with mild depression because they feel like they've lost their own life and identity being a mother. And they just feel like they lose themselves in the whole thing. And I mean, obviously in your case, you have a, a clear purpose, you have a business, you have your mother, your wife, you have all these different uh, hats you wear that maybe keeps you that aliveness and motivation flowing. So how do you manage for one, the responsibility of having another being so depend on you and you have to, uh, you know, stay, so stay on that line of thinking because you're always leading, inspiring, showing the way. And then where do you get your energy from? Because at some point, you know, you might be tired too. And you might be like, I'm done being like a mother right now. I just want to be a child and play and just look after myself or just, I just want to crash and not be the best role model. <laughs> so how do you, how do you manage the responsibility and where do you get the energy from to do that? Okay, so so um, I love that you say these mums come to you. I've also got the scenarios where a lot of women 
um, come to me and I, I see it as roles, as roles that we've taken on in life. So as women, we've probably got the biggest spectrum of roles that we can take on. Um, we first, we're a daughter, maybe a sister, then we become um, a girlfriend, um, a partner, a wife, a mother, um, career woman, a businesswoman. There's so many roles that we can take on as women. And we take it on with like real, um, you know, we're going to do this. We are going to do this. Um, so it's very difficult for us to let go of those roles. So I keep on, it's a technique that I use with myself and I also use with my clients. I, I do, um, or I used to do these workshops um, with women, like small little groups of women. And, and the, the theme was reconnecting with yourself because I believe that we arrive here as the most beautiful piece of unique art and then life happens. And that beautiful piece of unique art is covered up with all these different things, this conditioning, this modeling, these roles that there's later on, there's nothing left of, of that unique piece of art that we're supposed to be. That's the gift that we are to this world is that. And um, you need to almost, peel away some of that to reconnect with yourself and how you do that is is time for yourself and I started about about four years ago I started waking up at five o'clock in the morning that I have an hour to myself um, and that hour to myself I can do whatever I want I can meditate and everybody else is still asleep so I can meditate I can um basically journal I can write or sometimes I just sit and read a book because I can it's my time but it's very very important that you block out time for yourself um, during the week every single week it's not doable every day um, the thing is when you go when you wake up early you need to go to bed earlier at night to make sure that you do have the energy. But two things that has changed my energy levels, like physical energy levels, is in the morning, first thing I drink a glass of lemon water with some Himalayan sea salt. And then after that, I do fresh celery juice. And it is incredible. Celery juice, um, cleans out our liver so it helps our body to to process everything um, I used to huge energy slumps around about three four in the afternoon and then I would have to drink coffee or I would eat something sugary which is not good it's not sustainable so changing that two things those two small things in my life has given me so much more energy and it's natural so you can do it with anything but making time for yourself I think, and also nurturing yourself like you would nurture your children. Um, as a mother, we yeah, kind of keep all that, that energy and love for our children. But you need to also bring it back for yourself. Otherwise, if you're not going to um, be able to look after them, it's that whole um, oxygen on the airplane scenario. If you don't have oxygen, you, you're not going to be able to give it to your children. So you need to nurture and love yourself. Beautiful. 
Thank you for sharing. I'll definitely try the celery juice in the morning too. Like I always have this thing of putting lemon with salt, but I guess it must be good for some reason. I don't know what the salt must be good for. Is it for like the minerals in your body? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so the, the lemon um, helps to restore the, the pH in your body and then the, the mineral um, that you lose during the night. Um, okay. The Himalayan sea salt helps with that. Amazing. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's just um, little habits that, um, yeah, that's changed my, my body and, and my energy level. So, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. It's sometimes those little changes that make a life-changing result. <laughs> it's, I, I do talk about life-changing results a lot with people because they think life-changing results means changing a lot. But sometimes it's just a small change, a measurable, a calculated, a reasonable, a easy little tiny tweak in your life, which creates a huge difference. And that, I mean, you see that all the time with inner work. It's just this little reframe or this little understanding or this breakthrough or this realization that changes your life because suddenly you're like, oh, actually, I'm here for a reason or I have a purpose or I can believe in myself or I, am, I have confidence. Just that small tweak or like you said, energy. When you have energy, suddenly you can get through the day doing so much more. And when you get so much more done, you're like even happier about yourself. You celebrate yourself. So you've got more motivation, more self-esteem, more self-worth. And then next thing you start valuing yourself and what you create. And next thing you create more love in life. So <laughs> it's those little changes that make a big difference. <laughs> absolutely yeah good so i just wanted to now we talk about energy i wanted to talk about sustainable living because we had a conversation around that um and that's part of your legacy as well um around living sustainably on this earth and obviously another we spoke about motherhood and bringing up children from place of love and wholeness uh, moves us away from because I mean, personally, I think the biggest issue we have with this whole sustainability issue is the greed of, of, of human where we feel not enough inside and therefore we have to consume our way through life and out of a problem and into happiness. So we buy, 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 trying to fill up a void inside. But like, we you know, we spoke about parenting. When you raise your child with a place of you are enough and you are whole and you have it all inside of you and here's the love and here's the foundation to feeling good inside out then we can walk through life being grateful for what we have we need less we're open to share we come from a place of abundance so there's less of that greed and yeah i just want to get your take on what would you say around living sustainably and equipping the next generation for everything that's coming up with you know climate change i mean right now we have a virus okay that's one thing but on the other side we have the temperature ticking we have the the icebergs melting i mean there's so much going on other than the virus <laughs> there's like so many species dying all the time like before the yeah. virus there's been people like species dying every 20 minutes they're going extinct on this earth so what would you say is some a way that we can come from a place of um, take, uh, giving back a bit more or a, how we can live to be more sustainable, but at the same time, uh, focus on what we have and be the solution and not fall in this trap of, I'm depressed, I'm gonna give up, uh, can't handle this, it's too much. Like, what would be some key tips that you could? So 
so so my favorite emotion to go to is I think what can save the world is gratitude. And gratitude to me is the fairy dust of life. And once we we start living in gratitude, and, and that's one thing I do with, with Grace every day, um, is uh, connect to gratitude. Because when you start living in gratitude, you have enough, you are enough. But not just that, you ground yourself in the present because you are focusing on on what you you have now. And anxiety is the fear of the future and depression is the unprocessed emotions of the past. But if we ground yourself, if you ground yourself in gratitude here now, um, it helps you to deal with what is in front of you. So um, gratitude to me is what can change the world. Literally, um, it sounds very spiritual woohoo, but if we start living in gratitude, um, everything will change. If every single person every day stops for five minutes and just focus on three things that they're grateful for, think about it, but feel it in their heart space, allow that emotion, they will start focusing on more of that stuff rather than the negative. And once you start grounding yourself in gratitude, you know you have more than enough because, yeah, what you have is already so abundant. And even if, I, I would say, even if you live on the street and you can still have things that you're, you're grateful for, your heart is still beating. And I think what this whole pandemic has given the world is a moment to stop and actually focus on what we do have and to be grateful for that rather than what we don't have. So literally gratitude, if we can start living in a state of gratitude, the whole world would change. We won't be um, so greedy because we will know we are enough and we don't have to fill our lives with more things. Um, we um, are going to realize that what we have, yeah, is abundant. We don't need to go and get more of this or more of that. And I, I think that's also how we're going to change the next generation. If we can get their hearts set to be that of gratitude, if we can um, help them connect with that, the world will be a different place. Because uh, when she, once you, you start living from gratitude, you also become much more aware of other people and their needs rather than just your own. Um, so yeah, gratitude, if I can, um, if I can spread it like this virus, um, this world would be an amazing place. Yes, to the gratitude injection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the love vaccine. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. And again, it's just the small changes that make a big difference. And the solution is we have the solution. But that's the thing, we're just going to focus on what we have, right? To even see the solution we have at hand to, to face it all. 
Yeah, and also it increases your your frequency, your vibrancy, so your immune system at the same time, for sure. Yeah, we go for Absolutely. celery juice and so gratitude. Your... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one client of mine that I do. That's part of what I tell them. You mm -hmm. like on on our first consultation, it's like there's two simple things um, you can do. Do those two simple things for yourself. Gratitude mm -hmm. is just magical. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. <laughs> and you can, you can, it, it brings on this like overflow of, of emotion, of love, of, of joy, like tears of joy in your eyes when you really open up to gratitude. I mean, we hear it so much, like all these quotes online and on Instagram, feel grateful, what are you grateful for? But if you really take a moment to sit under a tree and to just listen and presence your senses, open up your eyes your ears your heart your scent your smell all of it your skin to your environment and just become to a place of stillness and take it all in and realize like wow i just am and i can just be and it all is and just acknowledging the present moment and bang you just have this wave of gratitude like a tsunami of tears of warmth flowing through and yeah, I think it's that simple to find it is. within. Is, Take a moment out for yeah. yourself to do nothing and just be and breathe and acknowledge yourself and life and all that is. Yeah. And uh, I love that. But uh, it's also getting out of your head mm. and more into your heart. And I think, yeah, um, we are conditioned so much to live in our heads that... <laughs> We, um, we've um, forgotten about the power of our hearts. Mm. And um, yeah, so gratitude is also just in that heart space. So don't just think about it, feel it. That, that's um, what I normally say to people. Don't just think about it, feel it. Constantly feel it. Allow yourself to feel it. Mm. But it's interesting you say allow yourself to feel it because it can be really overwhelming. It can be overwhelming because it makes you realize how ungrateful we've been and that's suddenly like oh my god i can't believe i've done that you know you have this empathy for oh, i shouldn't have said that. i shouldn't have done that and you're like oh man, i'm such a bad person you know i'm so ungrateful so i think if you really want to feel gratitude it's this um being accepting that well, we learn <laughs> from what we do and we have the choice to do better so there's always a place to start. So allow yourself to cry because you've realized, you know, you haven't been grateful enough or you have messed up or you have said things you shouldn't have. And then acknowledging that so you can actually then shift that around and yeah, be more grateful every day and open um, up to that. And also see it, yeah. see it, see it not as a burden, but see it as a, um, almost a whisper from the universe to say, Let's start our healing on this part now. Yeah. If um, if there's awareness, to me, that's a, a little whisper from the universe. So let's heal this part. You realize this now, so, so heal it. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity to heal from it. That's Rather right. than um, close it up again and stack it away, mm -hmm. um, allow it to, to come out and, and unpack it and, and heal from it. That's totally it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a woman of faith, I give it to God. I'm like, look, God, I'm sorry, you know, I've messed up on this. Like, please, you know, forgive me or help me forgive myself. And I give him the strength to do better next time, to interrupt this pattern and to, you know, rise up to 
to the truth. So I think it really comes down to as well uh, how we how we the coping skills we have to face our own shadows comes down to our belief system as well. Yeah, but that's each to our Absolutely. own <laughs> because we all have our own things. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah but again it's funny because then we talk about the healing and the power of that and the receiving the healing this ointment this love that comes in the healing process that frees you that empowers you that allows you to rise up to what you're here for but then we're like well do we really need all this hurt to happen to be able to heal like is there like a correlation between hurt and healing do we need to hurt to be able to heal so is it okay if a child gets hurt because at some point they're going to be healing and that's going to help them to empower and rise up. Does it make us more resilient? Like, you know, the, the avocado tree, when you hit the nail in it and bruise it, gives more fruits. So there's this weird um, paradox of we have to hurt to heal and feel good. It's, it's quite weird. What I was thinking about it the other day, too, obviously, because I believe in God, it's like this, well, if we don't have the opposing forces, it's because I faced the devil in the eye that I was able to run uh, to go into God's arms and feel that love and safety again so now you know what I don't mind you know I mean I, I feel like having these opposing forces um, allows us to um, really own our free will our free will to choose love our free will to choose gratitude our free will to be part of the solution our free will to rise up to a potential and empower and do what we're here to do and that is empowering just to know that I have the free will to have a choice at any moment of the day to die to my old self and reborn to who I choose to be right now in this moment and forgive myself for what was and just let that go. It's like a shedding that skin and then putting on that new skin and allowing it to be. And I think that is empowering to know we have the choice and the free will to choose a celery juice to choose their gratitude, to choose to play with our kids, to talk to our kids, to all of that, just to every moment is a new beginning. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's also, you know, um, the shadows, every light has got a shadow. So that's how I look at it. So yeah, we need to acknowledge that shadows to really appreciate the light. That's true. And the bigger the light, the bigger the shadow sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. But I think, yeah, there's this power in looking at the shadow, yeah, for sure, and learning from it. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing all these tips. Um, and is there anything else you'd like to share with us around your own techniques of healing? So, you know, we spoke about, uh, you, you've obviously trained in RTT and heart healing. Um, and is there anything you want to say about your own technique that you've come up Well, um, firstly, thank you for having me. I've loved um, talking to you. And um, my own, own technique, because I, I believe it's called the freedom activation um, method. It's all about freedom to, as you say, be who you truly want to be. Um, and uh, I work subconsciously through um, 
rapid transformational therapy and heart healing. But on a conscious level, I also help people to move um, from where they were on a conscious level to where they're going. And even if you move every day um, one centimeter, that's 30 centimeters in a month. And that is 360 centimeters, which is over three um, meters a year. So it's also to teach people the tools because um, I don't want to become a dependency model in um, my practice. I want to empower people to take back their power and go um, further on the journey by themselves. If they need me, when they come to a different layer, then I would love to journey with them again. But the tools are so important. So every um, conscious session, that um, uh, guiding session that I do with my clients, um, we look at different tools. And I always ask them just to try it once. And um, if it resonates, put it in their tool belt. Because later in life, when things come up that they can... Um, go back to that and say, okay, I do have this tool. And yeah, it's it's things like breathing techniques and um, therapeutic letter writing and journaling. So it's, it's something that everybody can do. Um, and it's so simple, but it's also taking action towards it. So um, I think, uh, and I don't know if you would agree, but um, when clients come to me, I always ask them how committed are they, they to their own um, transformation and healing? And it's very important to me because if, um, if they're there because somebody else sent them, I will not journey with them because I believe it needs to be something from um, inside of you, not because somebody told you to do it. Um, yeah, so, so the technique is conscious and subconscious, but the most important part to me is to empower um, the clients that I work with that they can go on um, after our journey and continue because I want them to experience um, the view from the top because it's they walked up there. I walked with them for a little while. I'm just a part of their journey, but I want them to experience that view from the top because they actually got there um, so and that to me is empowering um, is to be able to give them the tools that they can go on without me amazing uh, I think that's that's really important so yeah very very uh, interested in your tools you're a very interesting woman with rich life experience and incredible wisdom and I think a lot of people can learn from your tools for sure. So if people want to get in touch with you, um, do you have Facebook or what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, they can um, find me on Facebook, Karin Hugo Wearing Transformation Practitioner or on my website, um, karinhw.com. So C-A-R-I-E-N-H-W.com. Perfect. So maybe you'll send me those deeds and we'll put them into the, the comments if people want to contact you. Thank guidance you. Thank on motherhood. You. I think I think a lot of women out there um, get overwhelmed with motherhood, especially if you you know have a difficult upbringing. It's hard to um, to know any better. So 
I definitely think it would it's a sustainable way of living to learn from someone who has uh, you know invested so much time and energy in doing proper motherhood so we can raise children from a place of enoughness and strength to be you know be the bridge for the next generation so I think there's there's a huge power in in proper motherhood so <laughs> yeah I definitely look forward to hearing more about your skills and thank you so much for your time today inspiring us uh, to yeah, live a purpose as a woman as a mother as a wife as a therapist to heal and then to play with an open heart and to make those little changes inside ourselves to be part of a collective transformation worldwide to be more sustainable loving and simply happier <laughs> yeah cool thank you for giving the, the platform <laughs> yeah it, I, I love um giving voice to all these amazing people around because i think we really need to start sharing our truth and our voice to the world so yeah thank you for the courage and confidence to do so <laughs> yeah thank you Dan give you a high five Boop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm seeing you lots of love and light yeah same <laughs> big big love to you yeah uh, I look forward to soaring with you <laughs> on this mission on this legacy yeah yeah mm. wonderful well thank you so much and have a wonderful week and we'll keep in touch Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, then please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Also, I would like to gift you a free 15-minute consultation over the phone. Please visit my website, fullyupodcast.com and message me to book it in today. <laughs>